Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Today's first verse or verses come from Matthew 7 and it's verses 13 and 14, which says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. All right. Well, we're back, and uh, we're glad you guys are joining us because we have another repeat guest, which is always nice because it's a follow-up, and I hope that that helps build... Uh, those who who follow these people, which is kind of a huge point of what we do here. I mean, it's in our intro. We we're here to promote other artists as well, though we do our our own songs when we release stuff. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> we have Tucker Dawson from United Servants, and uh, technically whatever other side project he's he's working on, you know, whether that's with Dave or whoever else. And you know, I can never remember who's all with who at this point. Everybody's <laughs> just working with everyone. I don't know. So that's how we all got to be. Yeah, it's good to have you back on though, Tucker. I appreciate you having me back on. So, what what is the occasion? I'll let you talk about this cuz uh I can talk forever. <laughs> well, the occasion is is that uh coming up on June 3rd, uh I'm releasing the uh 3rd album for United Servants called Madness and Me. Uh it's uh been a culmination of a year and a half of uh, writing and production and uh, releasing singles regularly to tease people. And hopefully everybody is uh, getting as excited and as pumped as I've been to let everybody listen to it. But uh, definitely a step up from the last album. Uh, and I hope that uh, it's uh, it's always another opportunity to uh, to get music out there that will inspire and touch other people. So. For anyone listening, he said this this the album's coming out June third. I don't know if Hunter clarified this or not. We're recording a couple weeks ahead, but this album is or this episode is dropping that day as well. So yes. if you're hearing this podcast, it's out for you to go listen yes. to it. It is out. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Whoops. Yeah, it's hard to think in the future. <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's the uh May twelfth as of recording this. <laughs> so like it's like, yeah, it's way in the future, you know. And if you think we're ahead of schedule, you'd be wrong as well because <laughs> we, don't we don't have even... an episode for this next yeah. week. <laughs> we only have tomorrow's episode done and this is a Thursday right now. So yeah, that's that's just how we work. We get people and we try to plan out as far as we can. The thing is, this is this is why we're recording it now because Tucker knows what he's doing when it comes to releasing music because he actually plans it a month or more ahead. Whereas we get our songs back and we're like, we haven't played or you know put stuff out there recently enough, so we just release a song and then, sorry, it's not on iTunes yet, but you'll get it when you get it. <laughs> So, but uh, that's why we're recording it ahead because uh, Tucker's ready. That's the important part. So, but I do have to say, I agree with you entirely. And that's actually something I put down in my notes because I I took some notes while listening uh, through the album the last few days. And uh, the biggest thing I wanted to say, people may not remember this or if they, you know, listen to the episode, maybe they do. uh, But uh, Tucker does all of it. He does all the instrumentation. He he does the singing. He does the mixing. He does the mastering. All that stuff. And so, yeah, this this album, listening through it, 
if you didn't know that, you'd be like, oh, it's just, you know, it's another mixed and, and produced album by, you know, I don't know, the guys from Disciple or somebody else. Like, it's just one of the people who actually has a good studio set up in a full room dedicated to that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a one-man show, and uh, Tucker did it all. So <laughs> that's, it's fantastic. I thought the quality was great. So. Well, that's uh, that's always my goal is to just uh, to have people uh, say that they think it sounds good and, and question if it was one person or not. So I like I like being able to create that little bit of a mystery. It's kind of entertaining. So you could have sent it off to Josiah Prince and I would have not known the difference because I thought I've it actually great. sent him. I've actually sent him stuff before. So nice. Uh, uh, last time I talked to him, he told me that uh, I needed more tuning. I mean, he's so, he's got a so good if idea he's, what if he's, he's listening doing. to this. I took that to heart. <laughs> you know, if Josiah Prince is listening to our podcast, dude, you have more important things to be doing. <laughs> Maybe listen to this hey, one, but don't go to listen know, to the other though. ones. Yeah, listen to this one just because Tucker really, really draws from Disciple and many of those other bands. But uh, yeah, if you're listening to any other episode, Josiah, just stop. No, Josiah, if you're listening, reach out to us and get on the podcast. <laughs> Or that, I guess that works too. <laughs> Would be awesome. <laughs> so, no, I and I wanted to kind of preface all this for all the people, and we'll talk about the album, and we'll get into a specific song because you know we always feature a very specific song just to talk lyrics and other things. Um, this is the list that I came up with because I usually like to figure out, you know, okay, what what would be the good fan base to reach out to concerning this album, and as a total, so it's not like any one song in particular, but as a total. I have four uh, Christian bands, and I have five secular bands. So the four Christian bands that I would say these you know people should uh, be looking for this music from would be Disciple for sure, Red, Pillar, and Striper. Striper. We don't we don't mention that <laughs> band on this podcast I, okay. anymore. <laughs> we talk about Striper sometimes. Unfortunately, it's not always so positive. In this case, it is a good thing, but. Um, and then my, my secular bands, because I know that metalheads don't tend to stay in one area, or if they are in the Christian realm entirely, they came from another place, usually the secular artists. And those would be Megadeth, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Van Halen, and Pantera. Those are the five nice. bands that I, I'm, or well, five plus the other four, that I was like, fans of these bands would like what you did in this album. So... Hopefully I'm that's generally the, what you're looking I'm, I'm for. I'm actually glad that you put the Alice in Chains comparison in there because they're the the title track definitely was kind of a leaning towards that a little bit. The I think the biggest thing that did it for me, and I know we're getting to the album into it now, but uh, the fine? harmonies, the harmonies mm-hmm. that you did on a lot of the verses into the the choruses and whatnot, entirely Alice in Chains. It's just <laughs> it was like not uh, not a complete replication, but if somebody were to isolate those tracks, they would probably assume something around the '90s grunge Alice in Chains kind of kind of sound. So, that's about as far as I go in the '90s grunge. That's <laughs> that's fine. I honestly always thought it was kind of weird that they were considered grunge, but it's it, it's just what they are. I always thought so. they were hard rock, but <laughs> yeah, hard to know the difference for that band. I always thought Striper was hard rock. I don't. 
<laughs> Here we go. No, All okay. right. I, I regret that comment <laughs> already. We're metal not go- and there's no we're other not, question about we're it. Not, we're not going into this again. <laughs> it's different when Tucker's not here because we can beat up Striper all we want. <laughs> but he actually likes them. That's the difference. No, I think they have good songs. Depends on what depends on what album. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think it's down to the song, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I don't think, even think that. So, so with <laughs> with this album, you said it was about a year and a half of of time. So how how did that look for you concerning writing? Did you start each idea individually, or did you just kind of start collecting well, what you wanted to do? Uh, and 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 just to give some context for people who didn't listen to the last time I was on, hmm. um. The three of the songs on the album were written during the time, including Madness and Me, uh, that I had uh, a drummer and a bass player playing with me back in uh, 2020. Uh, Originally, it was just supposed to be an EP. And when they quit, I was going to scrap those three songs because I didn't feel like they were going to fit with anything that I was going to start writing after all that happened. Mm. Uh, you guys kind of know the situation with it. I don't. I won't go into details, just yeah. to, out of respect to them. But well, if you guys want to you know, hear about that, that, go go back to the other episode. We talked a little bit about it, but uh, in that episode is about all you need to know about it. That put me in a, a darker situation spiritually. I got really down, uh, and I mean, it affected me. My wife was affected by it, you know, mm. and. So I started writing songs that were pulled from my feelings in those couple of months afterwards before I, I decided to let go of that. And it started building into an album that at first I didn't think that Madness in Me and the other two songs was Insanity and Breathe Again. Hmm. Um didn't feel like those songs were going to fit at first until I got a few of the songs written and I started to see a pattern where this almost felt like it told a story from beginning to end where the album starts out and there's kind of a longing for something and a wanting for something and once you get halfway through the album, there's a transition into wanting to walk away from the past and move on with with the new part that you're following, basically. So when I got a lot of the songs done that weren't those three, it almost felt like those three were the puzzle pieces that were missing. Sure. And it and they just kind of just fell right into place. So uh, it, it definitely was a lot longer of a process than any of the other songs. And I guess that's because um, I feel like God puts me more in a, a stronger mindset each time I sit down to write something that things get more intricate and intricate each time um, that I'm, I'm very much ahead on a lot of stuff now. So, I mean, this this was more about making sure everything looked right, everything sounded right, and everything was felt right before I got ready to release it. The artwork had to look the way I wanted it to. The The videos that I put out needed to fit with the vibe of how the music was uh, 
transitioning. Uh, even the lyric videos that I did put out too had to had to be uh, fitting a certain theme. So that's uh, basically my was my whole mindset for the past year and a half. Yeah, and in that, like you said, you had to wrestle with it, really discern what what you wanted to do with those songs because it was from a separate time of what United Servants was doing. And uh, even, I mean, with an entirely different group, yes, you could have taken them, but they still carried, you know, what they did from having that previous iteration of the band. So I, I'm glad that, uh, uh, that the spirit influenced you to keep them specifically for this album because I know we, uh, well... You had shared them with us, so obviously we we knew them from that. But uh, um, yeah, for checking them outside of that when they were released as singles for uh, Insanity, uh, which is the most recent release, correct? Yes, that's the most recent single okay. that's been uh, released. <clears throat> so yeah, and it's it's always so hard. You would think, uh, you know, as somebody outside of the the band realm, you know, like, Oh, you have a song done, just put it in an album or, you know, just put it in the, the current project. And like, well, it doesn't always work like that. So, I mean, yeah. either it doesn't fit the theme or, you know, even sometimes God's like, yeah, it's just not, not the song that you want at this current moment, or it's just not, you're not ready to do with that song, what I want you to do with that song kind of thing. So it's the, uh, the challenge of following the spirit and the prompting of the spirit. So, but uh, I'm excited to to talk about the rest of this album with you. I don't know where you want to start. I'll let you kind of guide that part. But uh, I'm 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 game for whatever you got to throw at me. So, all right. What's your least favorite song on the album? That's an interesting question. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, the last song. <laughs> okay. Is that why the, you threw it all the, the way at the end? The, the, fi <laughs> the final song on the album is my least favorite because. Um, the uh, the way that this was planned out originally, because I use a specific distributor, which I believe you guys use the same one. So, uh, I think you guys, I think you guys might use DistroKid. So, yep, yep. Um, they they uh originally there was supposed to be a cover song at the end of this, but mm. after I did some research, uh, they 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 it's a little bit too much for me to be able to be throwing out covers through them. So that the cover song that originally was for that is going to I'm going to drop it through something else uh, where it'll probably just be on streaming and that's it. But I'll probably market it as a like a B side to the uh, to the album. That way people will be able to connect the dots that it kind of fits with that. But uh, um, I won't tell any I won't I won't tell what it is. That way uh, it'll be a surprise when I do drop it. So it'll be kind of cool. But uh, I like to take certain songs that I think were good songs, even from secular bands. And, and if they're, uh, if the lyrics are good within the context of something that I'm of music that I'm writing, then I like to use it as long as it's clean. That's my only thing. I'll only do it if it's clean. Um, and, uh, but it's a, it's a pretty good, good one. A lot of, of the people I've let here, they were, they were really excited to, to actually have that one, uh, be put out eventually but they're um the last song on that on there was kind of i wrote that as filler to kind of fit between the cover song at the end and and the other song and then when i realized crap i'm not going to actually put this cover song out now i was like well it kind of fits at the end of the album anyway but it's mm -hmm. my least favorite because there's the 
there's not much to it it's just kind of a repetitive song but somebody will will get something out of that song i know they will uh that's just my least favorite just watch it turn into the most popular (laughs) that that will make me laugh oh that's that's always the fear you write a song you're like oh man it's you know it's a good song like people enjoy it we enjoyed writing it as a band or whatever else and then you release it and then it's the song that everybody loves and it's like that's not the one that i thought they were gonna like why did this happen for real (laughs) when we uh were recording the down with leviathan ep we chose to name it Down With Leviathan because that was our favorite track on it. Like, all of us loved that song. The breakdown in it, phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. we thought it was fantastic, and nobody listens to that song. Yeah. <laughs> I listen it's, to that whole EP. I love it all the way through. Well, it's it's only just above Prosperity because yeah. Prosperity is not not a Blue Fire Horizon. It is a Blue Fire Horizon song, but... As Stylistically, as, yeah. it's not a Blue Fire Horizon yeah, song. So. But yeah, it barely out- That was my favorite one. <laughs> That makes sense to me. Uh, <laughs> well, if you like Prosperity, I have news for you about this new album. The rest of the album sounds nothing like Prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's our it's our only hard rock song. I mean, hard rock-ish. I don't know what really what to call it, but uh, yeah, that it definitely fits more along the lines of... Uh, the bands that you would probably can't take a lot of influence from. So, um, yeah, but for this album, so we went through the process kind of like what you, what you had to go through there production wise. How was that for you? What did you learn along the way? Cause this is your third album now. Um, I learned that, uh, sometimes less is more, uh, the first two albums I was still, I mean, I'm still learning, but the first two albums, I, I, I was just fresh out of college with the with this music degree, all the stuff I learned, and I'm trying to dive into, you know, making this stuff on my own, and I'm not sitting in a in a full size recording studio with with analog hardware on the side of the desk and you know, three or four isolation booths in a drum room. It's just me and a laptop and a little interface that makes noises because it got struck by lightning. And, oh, geez. Uh, luckily, I don't, I, I still have that one as a backup, but I don't use that one anymore. <laughs> um, so, so it's either the, super, the latency is either really bad on it or it's super fast because it's charged by lightning, right? It's that's a focus, how that works. Right. So it's, it's yeah, that's, that's how that works. That's, <laughs> Um, the, uh, so the, 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 the best things about the production with this one was that I wanted to step up the drums a little bit in different ways. I wanted to be able to have a, a less is more approach to them. I didn't want to have to spend hours on end putting processing onto my drums and I'd spent way too much time trying to figure out how to play bass that I, uh, I, I invested, I invested in some new programs to try to see if it would help bring out my creative, uh, aspect a little bit. And, uh, it ended up paying off because it's just, it's such a time saver now on that. And even the more recent stuff that, like I said, I'm a year ahead on a lot of 
production for uh, United Servants in general that uh, the stuff that I'm even working on now, which uh, I believe Zach kind of knows where I'm going at with that one, but nobody's going to know about that for a little while. Um, that uh, the um, the quality is just massively higher than anything I've done for ever. <laughs> nice. And definitely the other thing I wanted to approach, I guess you could say this on a production level, was that I felt like on the last two albums, my voice was not where I wanted it to be. So I spent a lot of time training and trying different styles, trying what fit in my comfort zone, but also trying to pull myself out of my comfort zone just a little mm -hmm. bit because I felt like it would, it would, it would sound more raw and authentic if I could pull myself out of that. Um, and add a look at it would, I felt like it would add more emotion. So the, uh, the vocal quality on this, I think is, uh, is definitely better than anything that anybody has heard in recent albums. I would have to agree. I had personally marked down, uh, track nine, which is a uh, breathe again, which is one that you've already mentioned. Um, mm -hmm you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone the end of that song like right at the very end last like 10 seconds you you do the the like 80s scream yeah. kind of thing but uh like the the oh, what's i don't even know what the technique is called it's it's just the falsetto uh, yeah it's the the falsetto kind of scream and it was so it's it's nuts i was like oh i was not expecting him to keep going up that <laughs> so i was i was not expecting that at all but uh, i can see that as well as that, the other that, songs. Now that you brought that one up, that is probably my favorite track off of the album. I didn't and ask for your favorite track. <laughs> I asked for well, your least I want favorite. to tell my favorite track. Thank you. So <laughs> the uh, uh, the the funny the funny thing about that is when I track when I originally tracked the vocals for that, I was in a basement. Uh, because that was one of the songs that was during when I had a li live members of the band and I was in a basement, uh, I had finished writing the song. I, cause I, when I was, um, playing with them, I always brought my stuff with me because if I had an idea for something, I had to put it down. Mm. So I had all my stuff packed up in a bag and we were done rehearsing. And I'm like, I have an idea for this song. I need to get it down. And so I set up in the basement and it was hot. So I remember <laughs> that, I also forgot my pop filter. Oh, geez. So, so I decided to take my shirt off and drape it over the microphone <laughs> in the hot, sweaty basement. Perfect. And I remember that I had the ideas for it. And, and I'm like, uh, the bass player at the time I was telling him, I'm like, okay, I know what I got to do here. I was like, it's going to sound horrible because you're not going to hear any of it. I said, you're only going to hear me doing this. So don't laugh be quiet, shut up, let me do this. <laughs> and the first part I did was the, um, the, the, uh, the vocal fry that's in the middle of the song. Mm. And I really was trying to go for, uh, one of, one of my biggest inspirations for that. There's two songs in particular. One of them, a lot of people will recognize the Lincoln park. Uh, I think it's uh given up is the song where he does the, 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 the really long scream. vocal yeah. fry. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then the other one was um, was Kevin Young from Disciple on their song Wait. Yep. Uh, he does like a 20 second one, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's really, yep. really long. But that holding holding the vocal fry in the key was what I was trying to aim for. I think I got it. I've always feel like I could do better on it, but I was like, eh, it sounds great. Nobody's going to notice. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to like it. Maybe. <laughs> and then, and then when I got to the end, I was like, I know that the end of this needs to have some kind of big finale to it. I don't want to copy the same thing that I did before. I was like, you know what? Let's just go for an 80s scream and just see what happens. And I remember that was one of those things where it was definitely out of my comfort zone. And I about passed out the first time that I did it. And that was when I nailed it. <laughs> Jeez. But luckily that pushed me to, to start training myself to do that. So there, uh, I've been able to blend some of that stuff in, not have it on top, but blend it into other stuff on more recent works that I'm working on. Hmm. So it's, it's allowed for me to try to achieve an, uh, another little skill that I think is fun to incorporate in to make things more, um, non-generic i should say yeah i i was thinking about so when i was doing the whole like four fans of you know these bands kind of thing the more that i thought about it i was like the more bands that i keep putting down that just makes me realize that the only band that sounds like united servants is united servants <laughs> like i can't i can't that find one that's an equivalent that's ultimately the goal that i was trying to get at is that i mean if you listen to the first album it's it's very much in the vein of just heavy blues rock music the second album is heavily inspired by a lot of the you know disciple and bands like that mm-hmm. kind of the older school disciple stuff from back in the day when they were a three piece and i've really tried to challenge myself with this record and future projects to do different stuff you know after this there's something else coming a lot sooner than what people may think that's going to really turn some heads. And I hope everybody's ready for it because it's not what you think it's going to be, but it's going to be something that is going to be a nice change of pace from hearing all the heavy stuff. Jazz. So, um, Scott, definitely. (laughs) No, it's not Scott. Definitely. Definitely is a, it's an inspiration. It's inspiration (laughs) from, uh, styles that I've never, I mean, I've incorporated in kind of maybe on one song, but I've never actually dove into like a full like EP or album. We're worth. definitely talking poker. And it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going to be a uh, uh, a different change of pace, but the with the that that's always been my goal, and I think I achieved that with Madness in Me is that it, 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 not one song sounds like the other, and then it doesn't sound. I mean, you can you can pick out my inspirations out of it, but I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to sound like somebody else. Either. No, and I don't, I don't ever mean that when I, I reference bands for sounds or for, uh, for trying to select, you oh, know, no, who I would want be people, interested. Uh, not, don't get me wrong. I want people to actually make a connection, say that yep. I can see the inspiration that he, he, he likes bands like this. So they, you can feel that feeling in the music, but then I want that reaction of, you know, in reality, he has those influences and you can tell they're in there, but nobody sounds like this either. So that I'm glad that I'm getting that, that response out of, out of you that, uh, 
that makes me feel like uh, what I'm trying to do is working. <laughs> I will say, so after listening through the whole album, not that all of the songs sound the same. That's not my point. But Madness in Me was my favorite track on the album because it was different than the rest of the album. You know, again, not that like the whole thing sounded the same, but that track kind of stuck out in my mind as just very different than the rest of the album in a good way. Cause mm-hmm. obviously it's my favorite song on it. Yeah. For, so that's well, the song at that least we I got one person at. campaigning for the title track. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's so that's the song that we're looking at today. We'll probably go back and forth between talking about that and the other songs as well. Um, and actually one of the songs on this album is one that we did from the last episode, which let's, is Judas. Let's so. talk, spend the whole time talking about Judas. No, nope. We already <laughs> did that once. No, so I wanted to talk about Madness to Me because Zachariah brought up the how it's very different from the rest of them. When I first started the track, I'm a huge Metallica fan, or at least I was at one point. I, I'm not. I don't really listen to them now, but mm-hmm. everything in me was screaming, "This is either Alice in Chains or like the int- like." If you took all of the Metallica Load album and just mm-hmm. made it one song, that's what Madness in Me was to me. Well, I will I will say that inspiration for the beginning of the song uh, for me was uh, and and if it's kind of one of those ones where if you guys weren't fans of it, you'd ne- you might not really pick up on it as much. But um, uh, Van Halen. See, the, uh, I knew, the beginning I knew there was of something it, about it, the beginning of everybody wants some. Kinda, okay. I wanted that vibe when the song starts. Just, yep. to, just to, it feels like there's an atmosphere around you when you start the song that's different, and and it feels like you're like kind of like floating in air. I guess you could say it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's you don't you don't feel like you're connected to anything when the song starts out because it just feels like it's in a just a wide open space. That was kind of what I was trying to go for, and that 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 song in particular from Van Halen was a was a huge inspiration on. I guess in terms of sound for the beginning of that song. So, well, you heard it here first, folks. Tucker Dawson wants United Servants to sound exactly like Van Halen <laughs> no. 2.0. No, 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 no. Nobody wants no, that. Oh, hey, no. You said the last time you said that about Avenged Sevenfold now. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. I'm going to have to go back and find that exact part and clip it. Did but, I say uh, that? Yes, you did. <laughs> um,. See, it's easy for him to remember because he did one interview on the podcast. I've yeah. done like fifty. <laughs> say this, this is, yeah, we. Other I don't than remember for, what I say time to time. Other than Chris Johnson, who spaces his albums out just enough to be like every ten episodes of ours, <laughs> this is like twenty episodes away from the last one. So yeah, <laughs> the chance of us remembering that is less. Well, less than a, the guest, but uh, yeah, I do remember him saying that. So I, I, I'm so sorry, Tucker. <laughs> No, you're fine. I get but, a uh, kick out of it. So I, I think the most interesting thing for me on this album is that the vocals, though di- diverse and dynamic, stay consistent and true to who I think you're trying to be for United Servants. But then I appreciate the inclusion of the uh, the thrash metal guitars, the, the groove metal guitars, you know, like all the stuff mm-hmm. that really, I think finishes off what you're trying to do vocally because the songs I think more based around the lyrical content is 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the way it seems. You you take the lyrical content and you really form a song based off of that, and then the rest of it kind of brings it yes. together. A lot of times, I get lyrics before I get the music. Okay, I mean, and sure, you're I always going to have a riff I even get sometimes. A, I even get the lyrics while I'm getting a a uh, like the 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 flow and the timing of the song, but I don't know what key it's going to be in. I don't know what the what the chord changes are going to be, yeah. but I know that when you know when i when i wrote the 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 chorus for madness to me and it's going welcome to the world of mysterious kind that that i knew that that was how the the course was going to move and it was going to flow it was going to have that slow kind of drive to it but it was going to have a punch because the drums and the guitars and everything was going to was going to extenuate the the feel I, I think you did that very well with all of these songs, even your least favorite. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it takes a good writer to uh, – I mean, because you can start at any point. It doesn't have to be lyrics that you start with. But depending on how you want the mood of the song to be, that may help. Or maybe the you know if you have a riff and other things, then finding good lyrics that – come alongside that riff or the drum part or whatever else you want to do and you know really fits that style that that's a viable option as well but i think whatever process you took for these songs worked in your favor because you were able to capture at least if if not exactly what you want very close to what you were going for Mm -hmm. so it's not easy to do that it takes somebody i mean and as a one-man show it takes someone who's skilled not only uh, in writing, but also in in playing their parts, and you know, knowing what what that does in conjunction with the rest of the music. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the I was just re, uh, remind or not reminding, but uh, telling my wife the other day that it uh, about a month ago it, I had hit about um, eighteen years of uh, from where I started to where I am now. So Jeez. it's kind of it's kind of hard to think about with me because you know uh a lot of people are older much older than me and i'm only 25 but i've been doing this since i was seven years old you said that last time too and back then i was i believe i was 24 then too Uh uh-huh uh-huh so he's got that little baby face jeez He's got I actually, beard. There is a baby face and under this beard. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, you don't want to say it. I had a goatee earlier, so and it didn't look great. It didn't look great. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm glad you went back to the full beard. And I'll just leave it at that. It was kind of a work thing, though. Oh, really? They finally allow beards. Ah, very nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you went back to the full beard. <laughs> See, I just I came in with a beard, and now they haven't asked me about it. And so as long as they choose not to ask me about it, I'm not going to say anything about it. So, yeah. Obviously, I don't think a ZZ Top beard while uh, leading worship is the best thing. But, uh, you know, if they don't say anything, it's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my job doesn't care at all. So, you know, I can do whatever. (laughs) And he does do whatever. I can guarantee that. (laughs) Well, you said you can do whatever. I'm sure you do whatever you want there. <laughs> you have nobody above you, so. What do you mean? I have nobody above. There's me? nobody that's working that has the supervisor position above you. Okay, but. yes, but I still. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, I uh, just got a promotion at my job, 
And uh, nice. the person that I should be directly reporting to is quitting tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's his last day. And the person who he would directly report to, that job has been vacant for like six months. So like I have, after tomorrow, I will have no direct superior who has no direct superior and then reports to the manager above <laughs> them. So like... <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's nice. So... Although I also did apply for the uh, the job of the guy who's quitting tomorrow, so who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll be my own direct superior. Wait, I don't know if it works like that. I don't think so. <laughs> so, were there any other songs that you specifically wanted to highlight from this album? Because we have ten full tracks. Where there's an intro track. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about that or. Uh, it's the only one. The I intro. Well, to, the, that's the funny thing is that um, this is a little bit of a fun fact when it comes to the first two tracks of the album. The the intro track and and uh, we will fight are uh, those are old songs. <laughs> okay. And you can find them if you go to SoundCloud. All right. So, you heard it here, guys. Pe- people, people, people who want to actually check out the original demo versions, and there's a whole demo album. That actually has the original version of Jekyll and Hyde, and oh shoot, who else, what else songs were on there that I did? Um, there's like two or three songs from Puppet Master that are on that demo album. Do people still uh, use SoundCloud? Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Uh, rappers who have like ten followers. That's those are the people that <laughs> usually use SoundCloud. Who? I'm looking it up hey, right now. now. I, I, I was celebrating the other day. I hit like 136 followers on Spotify, which was like Ooh. great for me. That's awesome, man. That's more than we have. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much anybody listens to it. but Hunter's yeah. lying, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to like I'm, stop I'm for actually, a second. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, you know, out of the, let's see, uh, like hundred bucks that I've made in two and a half years of releasing <laughs> music on my distributor. I think I'm, I, I decided to invest that into some ads for this one. So <laughs> yeah, I had to like, look like, at Hunter. Cause when he said that, I'm like, I'm not sure if he like is just completely unaware or <laughs> I'm just messing around. Okay. Oh, but, man. uh, but yeah, um, I felt like those songs would be perfect. The, or uh, technically the the intro to we will fight is actually part of we will fight i just wanted to include it as a separate track because it was it, it felt better to keep it separate from the actual song but um the, those were really old songs and then um technically uh never gonna back down was also an old song not as old as we will fight we will fight was like i put that out on soundcloud and like 20 i want to say like 2015 jeez <laughs> well and you uh, know at least one song off this album will be put on a playlist right away with like eight followers so you know because <laughs> our official playlist is the playlist that uh Are our fan aaron uh made and it's all the songs that have been featured on this podcast so like if you go to our the blue fire horizon artist page on spotify that's the uh the official playlist for our band so this this will be the second song you have on that playlist now 11 
so yeah that's 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 the thing is i'm trying to uh i'm trying to basically take anything that i've done and and reinvest it uh whatever i've done or made and uh so i i figured i'd put a little bit more effort into this album just to see what happens and i've watched some videos on uh on the uh the the uh the but the book with the face app uh hmm, i'm familiar you know they're 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 advertising which actually does catch a lot of people's attention that uh, linkedin trying some different things and... linkedin <laughs> yeah uh targeting with ads is very interesting because you have to either know exactly who your demographic is whether by location or age or sex or whatever else you got to know who you're looking for or you have to have a list of existing followers and give that to Facebook for information. And then they're like, okay, so people like this is who I should be targeting, which is very interesting process that I can't begin to explain even the basic. Luckily, luckily, if you, if you use the Spotify for artists, you can, you can kind of narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. I can tell you right now. I think it's uh, like 90% of our listeners are males between the ages of 20 and 39. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That's, yeah, that's the metalcore little, area. Mine was a yeah. little, I will say mine was a little different. Um, I think mine reaches more people in their 40s to their 50s, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the style, I think, our style... Every time I've tried to share our stuff with people that are older that aren't already into metalcore or deathcore, it's usually mm-hmm. that's not really my thing. Like I know it's not your thing, but that's why <laughs> I said it. <laughs> so I know what you guys listen to. <laughs> something something funny about, that has. I, I will say that the uh, you know not re- getting down to like the eighteen year olds to the twenty year olds. You know that's about to change. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's it's coming back around. Someone uh posted something in a facebook group and i don't remember what it was he was saying how isn't it odd that there are no like metalcore artists in like their 50s and there's people in like other metal bands you know that are older than that no one in their like 50s and that i'm like that's because like metalcore as we know it originated back in like the early 2000s so if they were 20 years old or even 25 at that point they're not in their, their 50s. 40s. <laughs> you yeah, know? We, we got 10 to 15 <laughs> years before that starts happening. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody nobody who's older listens to it because, in general, that's a newer style of music. Metalcore does not become boomer metal until Aaron Gillespie is 50 years old. <laughs> so that's how that works. Actually, no, scratch that. All of the Under Oath members, once they're all 50, that's when metalcore becomes boomer metal. Okay. Because that's about the age range that you'd be looking for. But by that point, I'll be like 35, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, we love picking on musicians. I feel bad for the people who actually take us seriously. <laughs> I feel bad for the people that listen to us, honestly, <laughs> just in general. So I, I will, I will uh, throw a little side note out there, because um, by the time this airs... Uh, Everybody, uh, you know, when they're listening to this, there will be my other side project will have already released another song by then. So, oh, nice. Oh, um, nice. Uh, I just finished up today as of 
the recording, not today as of when this airs. Um, <laughs> the the uh, most of the music video for that with uh, me and Dave Cruz, uh, and the song's called "Wretched Man" from Silence the Burden. So nice, uh, very very awesome. Uh, definitely, it's a it's another one of those things I'm trying to get on the bandwagon of how I'm doing things with United Servants of trying to build things up in a in a different way stylistically but still improving on things and we're definitely achieving that uh as well and it's it is harder because i have somebody else that's singing the vocals the main vocals for that and i have mm. to deal with all the uh things and issues that i do with that that with my stuff it's kind of a lot of times a plug and play thing because i've got everything all set up and all i have to do is just jump right in and do it mm. and sometimes with the, especially with just starting out with this uh the first ep that we're doing with that that's another challenge of trying to figure out how to to get things on the same way that i'm doing it with united servants because i'm adding in another person now but uh definitely uh that that, that one's gonna be a fun one too uh for people to check out so with your scheduling you're you're way ahead of literally anybody else i mean even chris johnson probably isn't catching up to what you're doing i mean maybe speed wise he releases more stuff but uh let's let I'll, I'll go ahead and put it into perspective uh i'm waiting on dave to finish vocals for the final song for the ep for silence the burden i have an e a five five or six song ep for united service that will be releasing probably mid to late summer okay and I'm wow. already working on a full length for next year. Jeez. See, he I mean, plans I, things out better than yeah, we well, do. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And I'm so. also trying to incorporate in doing, hopefully, in the near future, as soon as uh, things with my job start settling in, and because I, I run a route for my job, so it's getting my customers that I have into place so that I can feel like I'm I'm doing the same thing on the days that I work yep. and I'm not running late and different stuff like that, that I can do. I'm planning on doing regular once a week, live streams, performing United servant songs. And eventually once we release uh silence, the burdens EP uh, regularly performing, at least on the guitar side, silence, the burden uh, songs, and maybe even some cover songs here and there uh, when I can. Uh, I know that I think Zach tuned into the one that I did a little while ago. Um, and, uh, that was the first time using my new laptop that I have too. So it was, uh, <clears throat> there were all kinds of bugs and issues with that. So <laughs> the joy of uh, technology, uh, luckily because it's a not much nicer computer and it's much faster, I can actually do this stuff even with crappy internet out here in the country. So, um, uh, definitely going to be trying to do that more often. Cause I feel like definitely just going live and playing the songs, uh, is uh, it's definitely reaching people, um, even people that are outside of subscribers and fan base that already tune in. So nice. it's definitely something I'm going to try to start routinely doing, and I think it'll it'll be s something to generate content that people constantly get to see. Um, I know that uh, my wife's been trying to help me with uh, Instagram and understanding that. So. <laughs> She, she she can get on Instagram and share pictures and do different stuff. 
and she's got like a couple hundred people that for friends and family and stuff to follow her. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it because I've only got like 50 people following me on United Servants Instagram and I've got maybe 100 people on my personal. It's like, how <laughs> do you have the time to share like that? And she works a full time job, too. <laughs> See, the thing is, I forget about Instagram. I'm only ever reminded randomly. So I the whole like you got to post every day thing just doesn't work for me unless I literally set alarms because I just will not remember because I don't care enough. I don't. You know, and one of the things that I noticed was that out of the research that I've done is that if you really want to get people's attention when it comes to like music, it's definitely Instagram is the way to go. Instagram and TikTok. Yep. It's because of that short form video stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so with, with that, obviously you're looking into content uh, creation and, and production and all that stuff. So there's a huge crunch on uh content creators artists you know music or otherwise to really just continuously pump out content of all sorts of kind i mean and i guess we fall into that too because we do this podcast so we mm-hmm. we do content creation on at minimum weekly basis you know even though it's not necessarily for the band it, it it's part of the band and what we do because it's part of the scene mm-hmm. but uh, what what's pushed you to to want to do that is it is it, uh, I guess, a wider reach for those that uh, may be looking for something like United Servants, or are you are you looking for uh, a specific, uh, I don't know, a specific community to to be brought into? Uh, what's the what's the goal of content creation? I for guess you? it's. Uh, I kind of got when I was out playing live. I got a little bit of a high from that. Hmm. You know, there there was a there was a there was a. Uh, a nice euphoric feeling of being around other people watching you play and perform that I really wanted to try to do that again, but I don't have the time or the patience right now to, to run out and book a show and dig all my equipment out of the storage unit and (laughs) throw it in my car. That's already full of crap and go somewhere to go play. So I'm like, why not? take 40 minutes of my evening start up a live stream on youtube or facebook or both play some music for people talk about what's going on what's coming up and make it more personal than what it can be if you're playing live at a show because you can sit there and you can read off people's comments you can talk directly to them let them know how you're doing. You don't have people clamoring to try to, you know, get up close to you and constantly take photos of you. You can actually focus on the people who are interested in you and what you're trying to do. So I guess that's kind of what's pushing me to try to do this, do content creation more often. And even, even in producing more music is that, the more and more that I see people say, I love this stuff. It's really touching to me. I mean, I had uh, last week, somebody out of the blue got on Bandcamp and bought both of my first two albums. Nice. I don't even promote my Bandcamp, so I don't even know why, (laughs) how that even come about, (laughs) but I put them on there because eventually I'd like to sell CDs and sell them through that because they allow physical merch. But you know, it's 
that I, I'm pretty sure that guy probably has seen videos of me from somewhere of doing something on YouTube or on Facebook or something. And he checked me out on that because that's what he uses. So that's kind of the, the whole um, purpose of everything. I I've had people that have messaged me and told me that I've completely turned their life around just by the way that I present myself with doing this. They don't even care for the style of music I play. It's just my attitude with how I do what I do. So that's kind of the reason why I want to keep going and do more and more and more. Sure. And that's, that's kind of what I thought the answer would be. And that's why I asked, um, because not that I think that shows, you know, live shows are going anywhere, but I think that personal connection that live streaming affords us now has allowed us to connect with, uh, people online in, in a way that's more than just talking at them or doing something at them. Like it allows them to interact in a way that they feel more connected to us as artists. And not that we're up on some high, you know, ivory tower or anything like that. And, uh, not that even the bigger bands are themselves. Uh, most of them are very humble guys, especially in the Christian scene. But, uh, yeah, that disconnect seems to be something that needs to be bridged. And I think this, format is a great way to do that mm -hmm. so we haven't had the chance to do that i mean honestly we're not set up in a way that we could do that and with having uh the full band it would be kind of weird for zachariah and i to just go on and and him be on a mic and me be on a guitar and mic and just do that with a bunch of backing tracks in the background you know when our, our recording studio would have a drum kit sitting empty and behind us. It would so. honestly be less <laughs> weird if it was just me. Yeah. If it was, so that's <laughs> the thing. If it's I one person, but two people is it's like, okay, why'd you guys get together now? <laughs> I, I will admit surprisingly that I've noticed this a lot more because there's actually one in my area. Um, definitely that I've been telling other people who have bands and stuff to start looking into it, but there's a, a buddy of mine that I work with, his band actually just played at this little venue that's about half an hour from where I live. They they don't they, they might have a few people that come into the facility to kind of be a little bit of an audience to them so they're not by themselves, but they have a full production drum where they can set their drums up, you know, guitars, amps, whatever they want to mm -hmm. use, and they film you live and promote it live live stream it onto youtube onto their youtube channel nice and and then they charge you a small fee for you to get the multi-tracks after you're done and i'm like that's brilliant why didn't i think of that yeah <laughs> i'm like that is that is absolutely brilliant and they don't try they don't even charge you to book a show there to go do that if you don't even want the multi-tracks and you just want to show up and play and it play on their youtube channel they don't even charge you for it and i'm like how how do you make money <laughs> like that's awesome <laughs> that they that they're willing to do that for yeah. bands especially a lot of a lot of the bands that play there are, are local scene bands and it's uh, it, that's another thing that it, there's more avenues of stuff in that area. Like we're talking with the live streaming and content creation and stuff that I think are going to be avenues and uh, open doors for things to come. Definitely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year or two. 
I thought Zachariah was going to say something. <laughs> no, I'm I thought he was too. Thinking, like, I don't really have any yeah, okay. here. Um, <laughs> no, and I think uh, when you build an online platform, then it's it's different in how it functions. Whereas in a local setting, where it, if it's all local, uh, no, you know, no streaming, all that stuff, and you rely entirely on the local fan base of whatever you're doing. Um, that fan base is expecting exactly what you do to be what you have mm-hmm. done. And so when you have an online uh, fan base that really just follows wherever you go, like even this this podcast, not that we aren't consistent, but I think we do a, a general uh, area of things because we do have our topical episodes, but we try to focus more towards the, the guest side because that's the point of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't... You can't take theology and Christ out of everything, so unfortunately that's just part of it, and so we end up talking about it. And uh, so with that, we can go on those random tangents, and I'd say if we're going to lose somebody, we would have already lost them at this point. So so when people do the online content creation of any form, you can change things up a little bit more. You can you can adjust on the fly. You can change things to fit a different format if that's what you think would work best. And it's not going to impact you nearly as much as it would a local scene where you have, I don't know, if you have diehard fans, that's very different because they'll probably follow you wherever you go generally. But mm-hmm. on an, in an online setting, especially from the content creation of podcasts, videos, all that stuff, or even streaming, people will sit in because they like that that account, that person, or whatever. They will sit there and watch or listen to whatever is going on, even if it's just in the background of what they're doing. And I think that that's that's a, a piece of the modern generation that the the older generation isn't quite understanding yet. I mean, granted, we're still understanding where this is even going as the generation ourselves, because we got Gen Z following up right behind us that I don't even know what they're doing. (laughs) So it's just one of those things. It's constantly growing, but uh, we can put out content and I don't have to go and promote this podcast anywhere ever. It'll still get the same amount of listens as the previous episode, pretty much if not more, depending on if the artist or whoever else decides to promote it, uh, depending on the content, what they wanted to share about it. So it's it's very interesting. The online realm is open to so many things that we just we don't see it yet. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of taking United Servants in particular in this direction. There may be, uh, as I, I think I told you guys earlier, they... Um, opportunity with certain things that I'm doing and I may run into people who actually support my vision and the way things that I think that God is wanting to go with this. Hmm. But until that happens, I think that he's leading me on the path that I'm on because it's the best way for people to hear the music, to hear the story, hear the message, hear what he's wanting to co- what what message he's wanting to convey through me with my mouth and my words. Sure. So I know we typically take a moment to really dive in lyrically to uh, our featured song. Was there anything uh, that you wanted to highlight in Madness and Me? Because that's the song that we're we're going to be playing at the end here. Well, well, definitely. Um, that that was why I gave you a couple of verses because with sure. some people who might not be familiar with my style of songwriting. I can get very deep 
with uh with some uh the lyrical content and this one definitely doesn't uh shy away from that um uh when i first went about looking at writing this it was more of a context of i've heard so many people talk about how christians and the christian faith can be crazy how you know we've been considered mad i mean the disciples were some of them were were brutally murdered for their beliefs because they were thought to be insane and crazy for what they were trying to do and 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 that the that the growth of of that faith into other other people's lives was was crazy in itself so i wanted to look at it as you know instead of looking at the madness the craziness of what people think of me as a follower of christ why not embrace it hmm. why not allow it to be called what people are calling it you know yep it it it, it, it you know, it, it, in my opinion, it is madness. You know, uh, uh, God sent his only son down to earth to to live and then die for us. That is crazy. You know, yep. why, 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 why do, why do we need, why do we, why do we really even deserve that? You know, it is madness that, that, that was allowed to happen. So, you know. I decided to write a song that basically embraces that. We don't know why God does the things that he does based off of the, the verses that we read at the beginning. You know, the, our, his ways are unknown to us. I don't sometimes uh, half the time when I do United Servants stuff, I sometimes don't understand what is coming out of my mouth until it gets put on paper because I'm just feeling led to do it. And if I don't do it when I'm told to do it, I forget it. And that's because God's telling me that, to do it now. Act on it now before you lose it. Because you you have the choice whether or not you want to do it. I'm giving it to you. Here it is. You either take it now or you're going to lose it. You know, that that I want people to embrace that. So that's kind of why I wrote the lyrics the way I did, the, the content therein. It, it's just a way for people to understand that if you want what I see and live through every day that makes me happy and makes me uh, uh, have joy every day I get up to express my gift, even if it's just a couple hours a day, take a shot of that madness. Try it. See if, see if, see what happens. That's basically the whole purpose of that song. Sure. And before we get uh, the uh, reckless love debacle thing going because of the whole, not that we're calling God crazy or not that we're calling Christians crazy, but the concept in reconciling it to the human nature and the human understanding sounds like absolute madness. <laughs> That's yes. the point. So I don't know. Right. People tend to take things very weird ways, so I always... Feel the need to clarify no, I, when and stuff I, like that and comes I up. understand that. That's why I wanted to add some context to that song because, sure. uh, you know, as as Z said over there, that that that's technically his favorite song on the album. So, <laughs> um, I wanted it to 
I, I, that this is definitely one of the songs I've written so far, except for other ones that I'm not going to name yet. That uh, definitely take a a strong metaphorical approach. Mm-hmm. So it's a song I definitely want people to dig into. Uh, people who know that I'm a Christian are going to listen to that song and be like, where did he find the inspiration to write these lyrics? That's going to get them digging into the Bible, especially on the Christian side. That's uh, if, if a Christian listens to this song, I want them to listen to this and be like, I know he had to have written this based off of something that he's been inspired from, from the Bible. Where did he get that inspiration from? They're going to Google search it. They're going to look for it. They're going to look into it. They're going to dig in their concordance, which I don't know if people use anymore. <laughs> I hope so. And I hope so too. Uh, and, and figure out the similar words and phrasings that I use in that and, and put two and two together with it for somebody who's not a Christian that listens to that. I want them to listen to that and be like, I really like this song. Let's see what else he has to offer. Listen Mm -hmm. to the other stuff and realize I like what he's got. I want to see what more who he's following, what, 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 uh, what they can do for me. You know, what, what, what can this God do for me? I see what he's done for him. I see how he how he he moves through him. I want that. That's um, that's ultimately and I've said this last time that I, I want mm. to be able to inspire people to embrace their gifts, embrace what God has chosen them to do that I believe that everybody has uh in their lives that they're meant to do yep. and meant to be. And the the great thing about all that is that uh not that we not that we as believers look to God for what he can do for us, but uh, from the outside perspective, for the people that long for something like that, uh, God offers that freely to all those who, who believe in him. So it, it's not even, you don't have to do anything, but once you come to him, your life is his, and and he will make you entirely clean, and Jesus will reconcile you to the Father, which is, I don't I'm. I always do this where I'll say something and then my mind will like trigger a moment where I'm trying to like comprehend and it, it breaks my brain for a moment. And that's one of those, those uh, phrases and comments that I'm like, how could I possibly ever be reconciled back to God? That just doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. That's madness mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to, hard to create music that I think functions in, in both ways, but I think that it does this, uh, this album does well for that. And I hope that other people take it the same way. And obviously you're reaching a very different audience than we even would, because, uh, like you said, your, your audience tends to skew older than ours does. Ours Mm -hmm. hits more of the, the fans of the, early metalcore, the, you know, the two early 2000s to mid 2000s start kind of thing. So we're, we're talking like late 20, early 30, maybe mid 30 year olds. Um, mm-hmm. So our demographic is very different from yours, but I'd be curious to know, you know, what is the, the current uh, national or international uh, uh, percentage of, of men or women in their late forties to early fifties that, uh, do or do not know Christ. 
So, because I think that's that's the general demographic you're going to reach. Obviously, there are plenty of people younger than that age range that listen to thrash and groove and, and all the other genres. So, it's not all inclusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody needs to hear the gospel. So, that's that's not a question. That's what we're <laughs> all trying to do, too. So, and it's great to work together with other like minded brothers and sisters, especially through this podcast. So uh, any final notes for us, Tucker? Anything else that you had in the song or otherwise that you wanted to note? Just said uh, everybody that does check out this podcast, go go listen to Madness and Me. Uh, I hope everybody likes it. Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, making it. Uh, and I do got to give a little bit of special props. Of course, you guys can kind of see it on the back here a little bit mm-hmm. on my uh, background. But uh um mr dave cruz uh helped me design the album cover um because i uh, when i was playing with the the guys i was playing with we did kind of invest in uh or i did invested in a different kind of logo that i still do feature on occasion but i always felt like the logo that actually goes on the top of pretty much every single united servants single up to this point from uh, right after Save Me From Myself release that uh, it, it's the original logo that I designed. I still feels like it's the best. Hmm. So I sent the the picture didn't completely look like that at first. I sent it over to Dave and I'm like, this is kind of the general idea of what I want. I'm going to give you the original United Servants logo and I want you to do something that makes this look really sick. And he sends me that back as his first draft and I'm like, I'm done. Sold right there. I want that. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. It's going to catch people's eyes. I love it. So uh, just a big shout out to him. Uh, he helps out so much in the community uh, for all, uh, pretty much almost all of us. And he, he, he does, he just does it for fun and for getting people's music and, and their messages out there just as much yeah. as you guys do. And, and uh, I'm, it's a pleasure to work with him on the side with the project that we're doing, too. So uh, other yeah. than that, just uh, check check out the check out the album. And, and anybody who does check it out, please shoot me a message. Tell me what you think. I love to hear people's thoughts and what they think. I like to I like to see how people react to it because you never know. You might say, I'd love to hear you do something like this. And you never know. I might do it. <laughs> Yeah, don't try him. He'll do it. <laughs> so uh, just a quick shout-out to Dave, you know, a second shout-out, I guess. Uh, for anybody who who doesn't know, he actually has been trying to do some live sh- uh not live shows, but uh, some uh, live streaming of shows, you know, uh, kind of like a radio show. And uh, obviously he does all the Silence the Burden stuff. He has cruise effects and stuff, his own uh, production so go check out all the stuff that he does. Yeah, Tucker's not kidding. He does a lot of stuff. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that uh, go through him for all those I things. I believe so. he just started a YouTube channel, too, for specifically for his radio show that's just for music videos. All right. Well, definitely go check that out because uh, he, he deserves it. He's been in the scene longer than I think any of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, no, it was good to bring you on to talk about the album, and uh, 
we're looking forward to its release and what everybody has to say about it. Obviously, we'll play <clears throat> Madness and Me coming up here in a moment, but uh, there are ten other, sorry, nine other songs, not including the intro, uh, to listen to. Uh, a couple familiar ones that have been released already, but otherwise, uh, stuff that you guys uh, will be listening to brand new, and uh, I'm excited. So after listening through it, I know, I know that at least everybody that's already a United Servants fan will be happy. And people that aren't a United Servants fan will be interested. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure. So, all right, coming up next, we got Madness and Me. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
Of the madness in me 